Welcome to episode 31 of Pollywanna Cracker. Today's guest is Green Senator Peter Wish Wilson. Peter was in town uh, for a wedding, a good friend of his, and so he, he was kind enough to give up his time to chat with me late on a Friday afternoon. And as a result, we're in a pretty lively atmosphere. Uh, people who have already started their weekend, so you might hear some kids playing, you might hear some music. And apparently I had already started the weekend as well because I didn't hit record properly to begin with. So we lost a bit of gold, but that's all right. We started again. We brought it back around and and Peter was really great about it. Uh, I know I always say that this was a good chat, but this really was a good chat. Uh, Peter's really engaging and it was clear to me sitting opposite that I was getting the real person. It wasn't just another politician, even though we were having a political conversation and everything had that slant. Um, So I really hope I'll get the chance to talk to to Peter again uh, down the track. Um, He's also the uh, spokesperson for the Greens um, Consumer Affairs, Treasury, Healthy Oceans and Waste and Recycling. Uh, So I really hope you'll enjoy the show. Um, I, I I really enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Polypodcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or search Polly Wanna Cracker. And if you want to email me, polypodcast at gmail.com. All right, enjoy the show. Take two. Hello, Peter. How are Hi, you going? Good, good team. How are you going? <laughs> good. What people don't know is uh, we started off, and um, apparently I didn't hit the record button hard enough. Embarrassing to say that, but hey, I'll, I'll own it. That's okay. Um, um, we were just having a great chat about yeah. everything that's going on here in politics. Um, a lot of crazy stuff. It's been a, a, a really interesting but insane start to the 45th Parliament. It has. So yeah. there was one thing. Um, I, look, I, yeah. I'd love for you to repeat what you were saying. Well, look, it's a, you know, it's a, it's been insane since I started four years ago. Yeah. Um, I, when I came in, replaced Bob Brown in the Senate in Tassie. Um, I saw, you know, m- uh, multiple leadership challenges going on with Labor and where I sit in the Senate was like a revolving door. There was a spare seat next to me and there was, front, you know, front bench ministers going to the back bench and this went on and on. And then, you know, we had an election that was close and we saw Tony Abbott get toppled with Malcolm Turnbull. We've had a double dissolution. I don't know what normal is in politics, you know, the, the four years I've been there, it's just been mayhem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this colour, you know, it, it's, it's important, I sense, in a sense, that Australians want to know what's going on. They're interested in all this, you know, the leadership challenges, the personality, yeah. the cult of personality that I suppose is what politics has become. Yeah. Um, but it can be frustrating for for people like me and, and my, my fellow colleagues in the Greens who are there to get outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't mind talking the colour at barbecues and bars. Um, you know, what's Jackie Lambie like? What's Clive Palmer like? And all this kind of thing. It's it's good people are interested, but we, we really want to make sure that the parliament actually delivers some outcomes and some real reform yeah. on the issues that actually really matter to me, the people who voted me in, uh, our, our members, like tackling climate change and inequality in this country as some examples. Yeah, absolutely. There was one thing you said before as well where, um, uh, like, the celebrity culture that's come into Australian politics. That's interesting and that uh, that sparks my interest just because it's the first time in doing this that that's come up. Yeah. And, and yet it now that you've said it, it feels really obvious. Like, when did that, do you think, did that come into Australian politics and become so prevalent? Because it does seem like there are many politicians, not pointing a finger at anyone in particular, but there are many who have seemed to take on that sort of celebrity role. 
Yeah, look, there are. I think it's um, look, it's always been there, but I don't think we've ever seen it in in doses like we're getting now. Yeah. Um, you know, social media has probably changed it. Yeah. So I'd go, I'd probably look at it on a five. In the last yeah. five years, it's really become quite acute, yeah. where it's it's get, it's grabs, it's it's headlines, it stunts, it's um, I mean. I wouldn't call it populism in the Roman sense of standing with the people, but it's just designed to attract attention. It's like, look at me, look at me moments. Um, We all do it. I mean, I'm guilty of doing it myself from time to time if I think it's going to raise... I waved an avocado at the Treasury yeah. Secretary during the week. <laughs> I was going to bring but, that up. But it got that, it yeah. got that issue on the table. Yeah. Um, so we are we are all capable of doing this, but I think um, it's big in the US. It's very, you know, with the whole Trump phenomenon is really quite frightening. Um, and, and I think, you know, politics has got to be a lot more than that. Um, but I think it becomes self-fulfilling because whether it's even the ABC or it's commercial yeah. uh, media, when you get a celebrity on, like someone like Nick Xenophon, who, by the way, I get on very well with Nick, um, uh, you know, they know he's popular, they know people can relate to him, so they'll, he'll be a go-to person all the time, mm-hmm. whereas they won't necessarily go to someone else who might have something really good to say on the issue or something really important because they're after ratings and they want they want eyeballs on screens and that kind of thing, so they do tend to go to those bigger personalities. Well, types. that's right. And look, Nick, Nick has been very successful here in South Australia in, in you know, using those times to his advantage. And, you know, look, I've, I've been the first to say, well, hey, that's great because he's bringing some personality to it and everything, but there is that fine line of, you know, it, when's a stunt just a stunt and when's it actually benefiting the issue that you're talking about that's right yeah, yeah. And, and i think it's you know it, it's it's something that I, I suppose has been a bit disappointing to me you know um yeah. we all work hard and we we give uh you know well considered and thoughtful speeches in the senate quite often we we do a lot of committee work that's very detailed mm. um but that kind of thing often falls by the wayside it's because it's hard to promote in a you know, in, in 140 characters on Twitter or whatever it happens to be. So this is just the reality of the field that we're playing in now and I suppose we all have to work work around it and use it to our advantage when we can. Yeah. Well, before we get to some of the other bigger issues, I just want to talk a little bit about... Because you, you've got a pretty interesting background and you are Senator Surfer after all. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> you try to be. But let's talk about that. I mean, you've got um, yeah. you've got a, a Master's in Economics. That's right. Master economics of Economics from, yeah, yeah. from the yeah. University of Western Australia. Yeah. Um, you also studied at the Australian Defence Force Academy as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I got a scholarship to join the army when I was 17 and I, I went to ADFA when I was 18 yeah. Grad, graduated from there in, in 88 but didn't didn't pursue a military career I was medically discharged didn't know what to do so I worked in the mines as a labourer for a while um, yeah, right. and two different mine sites saved a bit of money and backpacked around the world okay. and came back and thought I need to learn more so I went back to uni and did my masters and um, that was pretty much all I could get into at the time and um, you know I took my first job out of my masters at took me all around the world and you know gave me the perspectives that I have today yeah well and I want to ask you about that because um whether it's just my naivety or whatever it just your background seems to be a little bit different to what you might think the typical greens politician may have yeah. You know, because of that defence background, the mining background, that's not something that you know. No, that's hear. right. And even and the economics background, you know, I've, I've yeah. worked on Wall Street. I've seen the, the, you know, the combustion engine of yep. capitalism. I've worked in it. Um, but I think those those life experiences um, are really important. I mean, you are part of the journey is, is who you are. Yeah. And those experiences uh, are very important in giving you perspective, uh, humility, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I think are necessary if you're going to go into public life. Yeah. I don't see them as baggage. Uh, some people give me a bit of shit because I say, oh, I used to be a banker. <laughs> how can you, you know, how can you stand up and talk 
talk yeah. about workers' rights or protecting the vulnerable when he used to be a banker. Well, actually, I've turned my back on that system. I, I generally made a decision that this was, I believe we, we could do better than this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was, so I went off to the wilds of Tasmania and to live the good life and grow my veggies and bring up my kids and go surfing. Um, but, you know, as they say, you can run, but you can't hide. And I got, I got stuck in a big environmental battle, and here I am today. But the, have, no, have no doubt... Most environmental problems and most social problems are economic problems. If you don't understand that climate change is caused by pollution and the production, burning of fossil fuels, in fact, any 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 environmental issue you give me, I can I can point you to the economic problem. So if you don't understand what's causing it yeah. and how to deal with that, then you know you're always going to be banging your head against the wall. So you know I think, um, and it is the reason I was pre-selected for Bob Brown's spot in the Senate because the members wanted someone uh, in federal parliament who had the kind of background that I did yeah. to bring that, I suppose, that part of that, that tool for the, the federal toolkit that we have yeah. as a group of uh, senators yeah. and, and MPs representing Greens members and, and Green voters in this country. Yeah, so is it, and there are kids in the background, we should just <laughs> point out, we're well aware of that, but uh, um, uh, just how hard is it to, to um, get across the link between um, economic and environmental issues and help people understand that there is that link then because again that is something that perhaps is you know shot down or whatever you just don't see those two things linked no look so perhaps it's, it's, how they should. it's certainly um it, it's it the whole clean energy package that the greens negotiated in balance of power in 2010 you know the price on carbon yeah. uh clean energy finance you know 10 billion dollars for investing in renewable energy all these things i suppose that we've been campaigning on for years happened mm-hmm. Sadly, they've been ripped up by a, you know a, a, you know a totally cynical and ruthless and pragmatic Tony Abbott and Liberal government. But we've got some of these things people to understand that you know that, that economics can solve these problems. It's what causes them, so it can be used to solve the problems. Mm. Uh, but I think in in the bigger picture, what we what we do we're starting to do more of as a party on the other economic front is not just be oppositional but have propositions as well and it's really important in my home state of Tassie where it's this conservation versus you know jobs versus conservation extraction versus it's got to be one or the other it's a binary world with only two outcomes well guess what we can create jobs we can put food on the table for workers we can do other things by creating other industries and we do a lot of work uh, which and it frustrates the hell out of me that we don't often get coverage on this. We do a lot of work trying to find other industries and other solutions to actually, so we don't need these industries of the tw- yeah. the last century that are polluting our planet and causing environmental destruction. Do you think that there's any particular figures that are stonewalling some of that progress and being able to find those alternative industries? Yeah, look, I think um, I think you know when you look at the big picture. Um, I used to teach economics at university um, in Tassie, so there's a theory called the special interest theory, or the, what's called the special interest effect. And, and I, I've got to say, if I could put, put my thumb on one thing in part that I've seen in Parliament in the fishbowl that I look into, that this this is real world. This is not just a theory. Um, the vested interests like the coal industry, uh, and I can give you a lot of other examples, I mean, they fight really hard to, to and as, you know, as you'd expect them to, to um, protect, their, protect their patch and, and their shareholder returns, to keep, you know, keep investment going. We have a different view of the world. We, we want to be phasing ourselves, our country and the world out of those kind of fossil fuels. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fight to the death in a way. Um, you know, we, we, we're committed to, to transitioning 100% renewable in this country and elsewhere as a movement it is building momentum around the world but we don't expect it will be easy and we expect that these companies will donate to their special interests will donate to politicians and political parties they'll have therefore 
you know, them representing them in parliament. This is how parliament works. Um, so there's a lot of things we can do to tackle that. That's probably an hour or two long conversation. Like <laughs> Fed, Fed Commission Against Corruption, just talk about un- make Australians under- and Americans and others understand the link that democracy is the best system we got, but it is rigged towards those who've got the most resources and money to lobby for what they want. Um, you know, people power is good, good to a point, but you know, th- these are things we confront every day in Parliament and, and have to... You know, have to confront in the future. They're not going to go away. Um, we just need to set our expectations and say it's going to be. We're in for the long haul. Yeah. Well, what is the best strategy strategy to to confront that and and to keep you know getting one foot in front of the other? Yeah. Well, on something like climate change, which I, I do think is the moral challenge of our generation. I mean, it's right up there with inequality, and and the two are the two are linked in some ways. Um, I think the best strategy is to just be consistent and keep your message simple. Um, often, you know, we we do we do talk about quite complicated subjects in politics but as we just discussed they don't cut through yeah. in this world of social media so I think it's just to keep keep going point to people you know that, that, that the things that they can see in their everyday life like extreme weather events I mean Adelaide like I tweeted the night of Adelaide when uh, Senator Birmingham from your from your state yeah. um, he tweeted something about the wind farms and I immediately sort of quoted his tweet and said well what about the uh, extreme weather event that caused it, which, by the way, BTW, we expect to see increase in frequency in the future. Yep. Aren't we going to talk about that tonight as well? I wasn't saying it was caused by climate change, but we know these kind of events are going to increase in frequency in the future. They are going to have significant economic impacts. Yep. Um, so I think it's just it's using tangible examples because the problem with something like climate change is, look, it doesn't – it's not – extremely acute and necessarily causing you to stop breathing Um, but but uh, over time it will have very serious impacts on ecosystems and the way we live we've just got to find ways of actually making people understand that's something we have to pay an insurance premium on Mm. and take some action yeah for sure um just talking about economics as well uh i think you you probably already touched on it but um uh just the the economy and economics were uh, always a big talking point in any election yeah. Um, a few months on, you know, like, where do you, like post-election, where, where do you feel Australia sits economically in your view? Oh, look, I, it, it's just, it just uh, astounds me. I mean, I take the example I said where I talked to the Treasury Secretary last week in Senate Estimates, and I think his, his response was genuine. I think his heart's in the right place. He agreed. Uh, let's, housing inequality for young people and for low-income Australians is a really serious issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just—it's not just a inequality issue. It's, it relates to mental health and all sorts of issues. Yeah. And he agreed. But I sort of said, "Well, here's your Treasury corporate plan. It's 15 pages. Where does it talk about housing equality? Where does it talk about climate change? Where does it talk about inequality in general?" And he's like, "Oh, well, we 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 you know, we deal with lots of issues when we think about economies as governments." And I said, "Yeah, but what are your priorities?" Yeah. So it never ceases to amaze me that in the Senate will pass bills like we have in the 45th Parliament to take $5 billion of savings from students, uh, from New Start recipients, from single parents, from clean energy. And then two weeks later, we'll pass legislation giving a tax cut to the richest Australians. So anyone earning over um, $80,000 gets a tax cut. Anyone under that gets nothing. So they've given back these savings, which I thought were ridiculous anyway, and they've handed it to wealthy people. Where are our priorities as a country? I mean, we, we, we've got to have priorities. Every time we speak in the Senate, we've got to say, this is why I'm in Parliament. This is what I'm here to do. I'm here to try and make this country fairer. And, and I will not vote for this legislation unless you consider these things. Uh, and, and I think the Treasury Secretary, funny enough, um, got the message. And, it, and since then, 
housing affordability since we I waved that avocado and talking about that's just been an avalanche of media events <laughs> nice in the last <laughs> in the last 10 days and the treasurer has now called a uh, summit with the states in December to talk about this yeah. issue so things are happening but yeah. we need holistic plans you know we need to that we're there to put policies together so in in economic terms it concerns me that you know the this the focus on markets uh, and, and interest rates and all the variables that are important um, it's unhealthy. Um, we live in. It is true. We live in a society, not an economy. The economy and economics is a tool. It helps us. There's no doubt about that. And we have to understand it. Um, but it shouldn't be the only thing we focus on because it's that old saying: um, prices. You know, markets know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. And it's actually a really, really poignant, important point for people to consider. Um, markets don't value things that we value, that you and I value. GDP doesn't measure them. Any economist will tell you GDP that dictates employment and interest rates and all the stuff that is on the news every night the treasury secretary and others talk about that doesn't that doesn't make life better for us necessarily mm. so i think it's also my, my job and the job of the greens is to try and get people to focus on other things within the economy and society that also are valuable and um, maybe a way more from, from those neoliberal sort of uh, neon signs that everybody tends to see all the time yeah. it's not making us any happier or any healthier Mm. Yeah, there was an interesting um, aspect of the Greens economic plan mm. going into the election, and I, I, maybe you can give me an update on it. Sure. But um, it's to do with uh, video games, which I thought was interesting. Right. Um, yeah. I, now, I've worked as media within that industry yep. previously. I, I've been to E3 in LA, mm. been to Gamescom in uh, Cologne, Germany. So they're two of the biggest gaming conventions in the world. Yep. And it's not just about new games. There are government representatives there from different countries and they are talking to publishers and and you yep. know game developers to come to their country and develop games in their country yep. due to whatever tax offsets or breaks or whatever so i just felt that that was a really interesting aspect that you yeah. guys had and, and call out scott ludlam who, who who's done a lot of work on this um yeah. I, I got some funding um for a, a co-working space in launceston in my hometown mm -hmm. uh, to re uh, renovate an old building uh for mostly for young people startups to try and and i know games gaming's a really big part of that um we're trying to attract businesses to come to people to come and work in launceston mm -hmm. they might go mountain biking around the state or do something right. but then come and work out of this space the thing about these these kind of new industries um is that they're the propositions I was talking about earlier. I mean, you've got a phone. I've got my iPhone here in front of me. My kids don't they don't watch TV anymore. They spend all their time on these apps. Yeah. They play games. They, that is there's a service, massive service industry there and an opportunity for smart young Australians and, and elsewhere to, to develop, you know, to develop businesses around these things. So, um, you know, there's huge potential and they're the kind of things that we need to be focusing on. I won't get into the Turnbull-esque, you know, innovation and all this kind of yeah, stuff, but, yeah. but it is actually important. Yeah. Uh, if we want people to stop chopping trees down and digging out mines in the middle of rainforests and trashing the oceans, fishing, and we've got to find new new jobs for people. Otherwise, sadly, that's where we're going to end up. We're going yeah. to go back to those days. Yeah, I agree. And look, you know, the whole innovation agenda, I... I admire the the um i don't know the, the idea behind it and everything i don't know i'm, I'm not convinced about the execution or anything but yeah. you're right they're the types of things we should be really looking to and yeah. the fact that we did have um what was it, an interactive game fund uh, australian interactive game yeah. fund that was what it yeah. was called wasn't it yeah. we did have that and then yeah. the coalition got rid of that and you know it just seems a bit short-sighted like yeah and, and and other 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 incentives oh, there were research others, yeah. and development and tax and stuff but they're, they're yeah. the kind of things that we're talking about here yeah i mean there's there's room for um you know 
obviously within the economy there's always going to be investment in housing and, and, and need for qualified tradies and mm, all sorts yeah, of, of other uh, other occupations but certainly something like technology it's it's a it's an open yeah. it's an open door really it's this huge potential well that's right yeah and i mean there's just like never before has there been so much content generation and as a content generator myself doing yeah. stuff like this i uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, I'm, I'm uh, looking out for my own interests here. But it just no. there, there should be more uh, just development and more support in those areas because yeah. the world just is consuming so much content now. It's got the fastest growing industry in the world, yeah, and it's, it's going to continue to be um, because you know we're now all connected using these. Yeah, that's right. These uh, these interfaces like this phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I don't know enough about what I would pay for different games, but yeah. my kids certainly do. And yeah, um, you know, yeah. Well, that's it. I, I, I grew up playing video games, and uh, I still try now, but yeah. I, I can't. I don't have enough well, time you, to play you, you anymore. Get me, you get me Galaga or Space oh, well, on this go. phone, and I'll pay. <laughs> I'll pay big bucks yeah. for it. Guaranteed. Well, that's it. And then, like, um, <laughs> I think the Super Mario games are coming to Apple and to iTunes soon. So there you go. Good. You know, Good. yeah. Get some of those in there. And I'll be, I'll be onto it. But um, you, you touched on it before as well. Some mm. of those interests and in your background and how that sort of informed your uh, opinions and things. So. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Like, strip away all the political stuff, and at the yeah. core, you know, what helps you determine your view and your direction? Yeah, um, it's funny. It's a really, it's a really good question. Um, and I, I, I talked to someone about this recently in, in, in a political context, and I said, you, know, you take Treasury, which is economics, which is which I'm now doing for the Greens. It's actually quite easy to do an interview and spit out loads of uh, factual information and make it sound like you know what you're talking about. And during the election, they, you know, the, some journos tried to catch people out. But actually, that's that's not what makes you smart or effective. Uh, actually, what does is is having a really simple um, message and 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 having the confidence to believe in a few things that you you think you can achieve and cutting through all that technical detail. I actually think that's really important. Um, look, I, when I look at the 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 sort of the bigger. Um, political economy around the world, or the you know the geopolitical context, the, the the Brexit movement in the UK, the rise of Trump, the rise of One Nation here, a lot of these things that we see as a challenge to the political system. Uh, I think the thread that ties them all together is actually inequality. Uh, people feel like they've been left behind. Um, they feel like the political system hasn't delivered for them. The data's there. The US is no disputing. The Trump's followers are a middle white 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 class average male yeah. earning Americans, who haven't had a, a an increase in their in their real earnings for 15, 20 years. Um, so you know when you look when, once again an economic problem at the basis of what is a social and going to be a political problem, mm-hmm. if it's not already, um, you know we've got to look at how everything we do has got to be within that filter and that context of tackling that problem. Which we're not, I've just given you two examples in this 45th Parliament where we just ignored it totally, mm-hmm. and yet it's probably the biggest issue in this country. Yeah. Um, so, to me, it's actually just trying to keep it simple, uh, and I, and I think um, you know the the balance in an economy is really important. Uh, I think having run my own small businesses, and my wife has still got a small business, she's got a healthcare practice, um, it's not easy to get out of bed and, and put it, put your own money up and work really hard. You take all the risks, there's no one there to support you, you've got to employ people, that's great, but you take on, you end up becoming a... Uh, it, I mean, I like people, so it's, it's easy for me, but I know other people think that, you know, they end up becoming... Um, well, they do a lot of human resource work, um, and I think it's, uh, you know, you, you've got 
there's a, there's a tension between understanding the need to give people incentives to take risk yeah. uh, versus actually giving certainty mm-hmm. to, to to workers and businesses. Um, and I think you know um, we do a reasonably good job with that with our with our policies. But um, you know I think this is a journey. I'm still I'm I'm learning a lot as I go. Like I don't have all the answers. I take into account new information as I learn it. Um, you know I think it's only a madman or mad woman. Uh, has the same view since student politics. You know, I think you, you've got to have your eyes open, and you've got to be prepared to keep an open mind as much as possible. Uh, and you, you know, that sort of builds on top of your value set. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. And and when you said about like cutting through the the technical information, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, that's one of the motivations for starting to do this, yeah. so I can get to know people. Yeah. You know what I mean? You guys, you know, you, it goes back to that celebrity thing as well. You see these politicians on TV and they're making these comments and, you know, ripping each other apart. But, you know, part of that motivation for me with this was to, you know, get to know people a little bit more on a human yeah. level, find out more about them and, and cut through some of that technical stuff. Give me some yeah. real tangible information that I can take away with me to make an informed decision. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd say this. I don't think it's that hard. Mm. Uh, and, and people are saying, well, why is politics all around the world in this paralysis? Why are we getting, why, why aren't we getting any reform through? Mm. You know, it's mostly the conservative elements who are here, the News Limited Media and IP Institute of Public Affairs. And I was going, you know, there's, we need real reform. We don't well, I agree we need real reform, but not... Not at you know not at the expense of workers, not at the expense of uh, of low income Australians, not at the expense of the environment. Um, we can raise a hundred billion dollars in revenue now to pay for the services we need to provide a safety net for Australians. There's a lot we could do if we were prepared to tackle reform. So, in in areas like you know negative gearing on housing and and capital gains concessions, the kind of things that I feel are actually causing a lot of the problems, but the government doesn't see that as reform. They see uh, tax cuts for businesses being reform, tax cuts for wealthy Australians as being reform, you know, that trickle-down economics approach, which I think has failed. Now, make, giving wealthy people and big businesses tax cuts isn't necessarily going to be good for people on the bottom, but it, it seems to trickle up more than it does trickle yeah. down. Yeah. So I'm not convinced. That I have seen the world. I have worked all around the world. I've done a lot of things before politics, and I'm getting this massive da- download of content and information every day in my job. Um, I still don't know all the answers, but I, I really feel like we need to change our approach and change tact if we're going to look after the planet and if we're actually going to look after people and avoid some kind of civ- significant civil unrest in the future, not just in Australia but elsewhere. We actually have to realise that the capitalist system, the way it's set up now, um, this fundamental market-based approach is not it's not working. It's not its not giving people the things they necessarily value in life. Yeah, and, and when you've been speaking about inequality, I mean, that's, you know, that covers a, a huge range, range of, of things. things. Yeah, Housing so, could be, uh, yeah. could be um, you know, uh, sexual inequality. It can be inequality between women and, and male incomes. Uh, it can be so many things. Um, but, you know, in, in the big picture, it's not something we, we tend to factor into our decision-making in Parliament. Yeah, yeah. And, and with so many of those things that could form that, I mean, where do you go first and how do you, you tackle that? You know, like, yeah. where do you start, really? It's such well, a big job. Well, look, you know, let, let's take um, uh, the, the difference in incomes between um, male and female workers in this country. Um, the tax cut I mentioned earlier that went to people over $80,000, well, only 16% of the recipients of that tax cut were women because of the way it works out. And, and so I asked the Treasurer, I said, did you look at this? No. Didn't look at it. Didn't even factor it into the, into consideration. As you know, If you think you're going to tick boxes before you put up $4 billion worth of uh, taxpayer money going into a tax cut that you would actually consider the impact on these things that we know 
are structural and need to change. Yeah. But no, no, no consideration because they don't, they don't value that kind of thing. You'd think there would, and that's yeah. just one example, but no. Yeah, and that one example, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, for mm. a number of years, mm. it didn't factor into my thinking only because I didn't even realise it was still a thing. Like, I just yeah. grew up thinking, well, okay, yeah, everyone's paid the same. Yeah. I, I, I just, I was flawed when I realised that, you know, that you see, yeah. um, you know, actresses and stuff in America, they started talking about it, and I'm like, okay, you know, and... I could kind of see what they meant when I actually really looked at it and then to think that, you know, people in regular jobs, yeah. they're not being paid the same. That would seem like that's one thing that could just be fixed just like yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Like, you know, and it can be um, it can be also, you know, representation on boards yeah. and in senior positions within public service, uh, even within political parties. Yeah. I mean, I've got to say I was very proud that my my party room federally in the Greens uh, had, had more women than men in it. I mean, it... Yeah. Change, dynamics changed a little bit with some retirements lately, but mm. you know, um, and in in, this, in in our recent federal election, uh, nearly all the candidates were women. Yeah. So you know, I think it's really important in politics as well as as it is within business sure. and, and public service. Yeah, it's something I'm thinking about a lot more now as well because uh, my wife's currently on maternity leave, but when she yeah. gets back into work is she going to go back to a normal job maybe yeah. not yeah. so if she's going to go into something else then you know i wanted to be paid fairly yeah. so you know we can get by and we can you know again housing affordability is a big thing for us because yeah. you know we're looking for our next home yeah. um so yeah it's just it it just shocks me that it's still that that's yeah. still a thing and for the to hear that the treasurer that didn't even come into the i thinking, can tell you he's a he, he, he agreed it was a big issue and I, it okay. was he's had his heart in it and i could see it and he, he seems a decent man but he didn't have a plan and they got because the government doesn't have a plan okay. um you know so we've got to change that but i think i think things balls are rolling there's a lot of noise mm -hmm. just got to make sure we see some action and actually get something done so we'll be there waving avocados doing whatever it takes to try <laughs> Fair enough. people's interest <laughs> another in another avalanche yeah. um and one last thing you sure. know, since you are the uh, senator surfer yeah. talk to me about some surfing spots where what are your favorite spots because yeah you, you've traveled around right i have and you know what um thanks for asking me that question because when i when i came into adelaide today um i when I when I quit my old industry, which was I was in banking, mm -hmm. I, I lived in Fremantle for a while with my brother, and then decided I was going to move to Tassie, and um, that's one of the best surfing years of my life because I had a, pretty much had a year off with bringing up my kids. My yeah, wife right. went back to work, mm -hmm. but we drove my brother and I drove across the Nullarbor. We went to Cactus. We surfed Cactus here in South Australia, right. and um, I remember coming to Adelaide to pick up my wife and kids at the airport because I didn't want to do the road trip. And I hadn't had a shower for four days. My eyes were blood chopped. My hair was everywhere. Absolutely stunk. But you know what? I stunk a life. Yeah. It was just this amazing experience living out there in the desert under a tree, you know, with a little hoochie, eating eating canned food, surfing. And, and then, you know, that was the start of my life's journey. That's got me where I am today. I decided to turn my back on that world. I went and lived in Tassie and, you know, it's a long story since then. But... Tasmania's coastlines are amazing. Being an island for four, four coastlines, uh, depending on the winds and swell, there's so many waves. Um, I've surfed all the world's great oceans. Like I've been really lucky. I've dedicated big parts of my life to surfing or working around being able to surf through Indonesia, through through Europe, through America, South America, um, but to nowhere compared to Tasmania. Um, Tassie's just, it's got, so many setups, so many moods, changes really quickly, and there's no crowds. It's really that's why I mean it might be cold, yes, yeah. but you get more waves pound for pound than you would 
in Queensland or New South Wales. I've lived in Sydney. You know, I love Sydney. It's got great waves. I've surfed all down Melbourne's Great Ocean Road and... It, wow. Yeah, so I If probably, there's a wave, you've surfed it. <laughs> I reckon I'll be pretty close. There's, there's a few, you know, uh, bag list ones that I haven't haven't got okay. yet. A couple of world, the world's best waves, but I'm probably yeah. getting too old to surf some. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> a bit yeah. dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't personally done any kind of well bodyboarding, but I haven't done that since I was like a teenager in, in school, skipping some you know, skipping school every now and then to go surfing instead. But um, yeah. Tasmania is a place that I've, I've never been want to go badly yeah. just get, to go get, and visit. Get down there and, and all your listeners, please come yeah. down and come down and visit. <laughs> there, there is, I mean, it's a, I'm, I know it's the same for anywhere, but there really is nowhere in the world like it. Mm-hmm. It's got some of the last great tracks of temperate wild rainforest on the planet. Like yeah. um, some of them still unprotected. Okay. We've got to work real like the Tarkine. We've got to work really hard to get it protected. Um, it's got the most amazing coastlines, great people, Great heritage mm-hmm. and really good food and wine. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's it's an awesome destination. I, I don't I honestly don't know anyone who hasn't been there who hasn't started asking me questions like you know, what are the schools like here and <laughs> is it easy to get work you know yeah, right. I don't know because it's just it just gets you by the guts. Yeah okay yeah, interesting. It's, it's I'll awesome keep that in spot. mind when I when I go visit and uh, and when my co-working spot well sorry well, the co-working space is up yeah. and running I'll invite you down to the opening. Awesome that sounds good. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm wrapping this up but we haven't even really got to the environmental wins that you guys had today as we yeah, record this. Yeah so I've got the Healthy Oceans portfolio mm-hmm. for the Greens and um, in the 1960s and 70s the oceans in the sub-Antarctic were almost completely fished out mm-hmm. for a number of key species so a group of scientists and countries got together to decide that they needed to do something to manage international waters there and it's taken nearly 40 years and, and recently four years of really intense negotiations by 35 countries to declare a marine protected area like a marine reserve yeah. in the Antarctic uh, and the waters around the Antarctic um, are so important in the southern ocean they produce nearly three quarters of the entire world's oceans nutrients wow. the krill there the species 3,000 individual species not found anywhere else um, you know it's the ocean circulation yeah. Uh, pump of the whole the entire planet's oceans mm-hmm. it's such an important area to protect so it's happened today the first the ross sea the first area the russians finally agreed to it today um after you know some really close calls previously with negotiations but we've got the first international marine reserve it'll be the biggest set of marine reserves in the world based yeah. in the antarctic there's more to go we've, we've still got to work hard but it is a very important success because it's a precedent yeah. that you know 35 countries can come together and protect an ecosystem and an environment for no other reason except for its value yeah. as an ecosystem uh, and, and, and you know what it means to the climate, what it means to the planet's health. Yeah. So it's a big win and we yeah. celebrate wins when we get them because we don't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, like, w- w- what a massive effort for that many countries to come together on something. Yeah. That, that's pretty it's rare. Like, and and, and the, um, the alliance of scientists around from these 35 countries yeah. across all the institutions that have been working on getting their science in place to make sure that people were confident enough on the boundaries they got the right areas to put marine protected areas Mm. Um, the alliance the antarctic alliance with with hundreds of environmental organizations there's never been a bigger international campaign Mm. i've never seen anything like it we've had celebrities leonardo dicaprio and others out there saying we've got to protect the antarctic you know like it's it 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 gives you hope that maybe there is you know there is there is um, a light at the end of the tunnel for us and that, that we can come together as a species and value things more than ourselves because actually ultimately we're all part of the same 
we're all part of nature, all part of the same ecosystem, and we've just got to remember that. Yeah, I think that's a good point to jump off and, and leave it there. So well, I want to Tim. Thank you for coming and, and visiting me here while you're here for a wedding, and yeah, uh, really pleasure, appreciate mate. it. Um, yeah, this is a good conversation. Well, so I'm, I'm happy to again. come back again at some stage. So right. yeah, awesome. Good on Sounds you. Sounds good. Thanks. Right. Well, we want to